Real Presence Live. Religion has understood things about the way humans function long before science was able to prove anything. Local. It's always important for all of us to kind of look externally and say, what about these family? They are just like the Holy Family. They're experiencing the same persecution. Engaging. Jesus wants to be with us. I always think of that as at the heart of the Eucharist. Live. A mystery then of the rosary allows us to see a teaching of the church, but to be able to go deeper within that teaching. Good morning. This is Father Richard Kunz along with Father Ryan Moravitz coming to you as the radio program is called Live from the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota on the shores of beautiful Lake Superior. Father Ryan. Good morning, Father Rich. Good to be with you. Good to be with you. Do you mind starting us off with a prayer? Certainly. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father God, on this feast day of St. Matthias, we ask for your blessing upon us. We ask for your blessing upon the next two hours and all those who will listen, that we might be drawn deep into your heart, into your love for us. Lord Jesus Christ, you who rose from the dead, that we might receive eternal life, we ask for your blessing upon us. Lord, we we surrender ourselves completely to you. Mother Mary, we ask for your intercession and that you would pray for Real Presence Radio and all of uh, our listeners and for us as we we share with um, our guests today. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Isn't it great, uh, Father Ryan, to have nice weather again? It is. It's been a long time. It has, especially here in Duluth. I mean, up on the hill at least, you know, we got... About six, last week, six to eight inches of Just snow last, last week. week. I know. It melted quick, but yeah. mamma mia. I was out of town, so I didn't get to enjoy that. But it is. It's a beautiful morning here in Duluth. The sun's shining. There's warm air. Yeah. This morning, finally, the the buds on the trees were starting to yeah, pop out. We're about a month behind everybody else that's yeah. listening to us. Because we haven't had any of that yet. So this morning was the first morning where they're starting to pop because it's warm. So. But if you're listening to us from like areas outside of Duluth, which is, I'm sure many of you are, Consider Duluth as a summer place to come visit. It's beautiful in the summer here. It really is. Um, just with the dynamic of the lake and the ships, and there's a lot going on here in the summer. Lots of good stuff. Yeah, a lot of tourism. I have some friends from out in Bismarck area who are coming for the um, uh, for the marathon. So oh, are they running it? Place. Yeah, Jeremy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. So, you know, excited to see them. They, I know they love coming to Duluth. and uh, So, yeah, Duluth is a great place to come and spend a weekend or a few days on to enjoy the summer and, and the lake here and yeah. maybe visit our good parishes here. Yeah, especially St. James and St. Elizabeth. St. Lawrence, Holy Family. Saint Speaking Joseph. of Holy Family, we uh, we finished RCIA last night. Yeah, we had a good year, Father Boy, Rich. Boy, did we ever. It was a good year. Father Rich and I co-taught with the Handmaids of the Heart of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had parishioners from his parishes and I had parishioners from mine. We had a you know a class of about... 18 or so, 17, 18? I think that were brought in, and then, and then there are some sponsors. Sponsors or spouses yeah. or fiancés, and so we had a really good size great group. year. We team taught. Yeah. It, the, the Holy Spirit was wor- working very clearly in our in our RCA uh, program this year, and I'm I'm hoping we continue that. We'll talk about that as we get closer to that, but it's just been a great a great uh, experience. Yeah, and it's been great to see how the Lord's been working. Like, they were, you know, a lot of them are starting to, sort of bear witness in, in oh, some really amazing ways like yeah. in the midst of their families and friends because people are asking them questions but they're also they're out there like i'm catholic oh now. yeah and they want to keep meeting yeah that's that's the they great they want to keep meeting it. and growing and yeah you know, yeah so they, it's been a really good experience so if any of you are listening out there that were part of that thank you 
to those who don't know what RCIA is, you know, that's the way in which somebody becomes Catholic. That is discerning somebody maybe who hasn't been baptized or they have a spouse who's Catholic and they're considering becoming Catholic themselves or they're interested in the faith, you know, and you're wondering like, well, yeah, I want to learn more about the faith to know if I do want to become Catholic or not. And that's the process that of taking courses, usually they start in the fall, usually once a week in most parishes and it goes to Easter and then people are confirmed and receive first communion and if they need to be baptized they're baptized at the easter vigil and then they meet for a few weeks after to kind of process it all and so see your see your local priest if you're interested in becoming catholic i've already had like four or five people contact me about next year i've got two for next year already that have reached out so Hmm. boy that's we're already off to a running start i know that's great it's good yeah um well we have a, a full show and uh um i think that i was supposed to ask aaron to give us a little preview hey guys Sorry, Aaron, if we left you in the dust there for a second. No, not a problem. Not a problem at all. So just wanted to let you know that we have an awesome show lined up for you guys today. In this first hour, Father James Kabicki of the Society of Jesus will share with us the beauty of the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist and preview an event where he will be speaking. And then right after that, we'll be looking forward to a great straight talk segment with the fathers who will answer your questions about the faith that you have then in our second hour, we'll, that will be just as great. We will have the privilege of having Bishop Robert Groose of the Diocese of Rapid City to talk about the goodness of God's deep and mysterious love for us. He will share how we can grow deeper in Christ's love this Easter. Also, we will hear from Father Robert Altier from the Archdiocese of St. Paul and Minneapolis about Our Lady of Fatima and how she impacts our world. He will also preview an event where he will speak as well. All this and so much more coming up here on Real Presence Live. It's going to be a fun show today. And Great. Yeah, looking well, forward thanks, to Aaron. it. Yeah, do, we, do we have our uh, first guest on the uh, phone yet? We absolutely do. Great. Thank you very much, Aaron. Thank you, guys. So we have Father James Kabicki on the phone right now. Father uh, Kabicki, welcome to Real Presence Live. Well, thank you, fathers. I'm glad to be with you, and uh, I'm actually in Fargo right now, and and it's not so much a previewing event, but we're right in the middle of a parish mission at Blessed Sacrament Parish in West Fargo, which is so appropriate because we're going to talk about the Eucharist today. Ah, that's, that's appropriate. Before we get into that most important of subjects, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, I'm a Jesuit priest. I grew up in Milwaukee. Uh, for about 14 years, I was the National Director of the Apostleship of Prayer, which promotes prayer for the Holy Father's monthly prayer intentions and devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And then about two years ago, I was um, missioned to a, a different apostolate, and currently I'm the Director of St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in western South Dakota in the Diocese of Rapid City. And it's the first mission of the Jesuits established among the Lakota Sioux people. Uh, it was established in 1886 with money that St. Catherine Drexel had just inherited after her father oh. died. And so the mission was named after her father, Francis. And uh, we've been uh, serving the people on the Rosebud Reservation since 1886. Wow. How long have you been there for? Well, just um, coming up on two years. Uh, okay. Last uh, Two summers ago is when I moved from Milwaukee to uh, western South Dakota. 
Great. So what, you know, I mean, obviously we're talking about the subject of the, of the Eucharist. You know, just maybe if you can encapsulate from your concept, what makes the Eucharist so amazing from the Catholic perspective? Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I use that word amazing because I wanted to quote St. John Paul II um, in a letter announcing the year of the Eucharist and in an encyclical letter back in 2003, 2004. That is what he called the Eucharist, that if we really understood what the Eucharist is, that it is the body and blood of Jesus, and that every time we celebrate Mass, Jesus is making present his life-giving death and resurrection. It's as though we're standing on Calvary every time we celebrate Mass. And if, if we really uh, were aware of that, and then received our Lord aware that he was giving himself to us totally, uh, the only response we could have would be amazement, that we were so loved, and that God would be so generous in giving himself to us. And so, uh, you know, in short, that's what makes the Eucharist so amazing, is it God's greatest act of love being made present to us every time we celebrate Mass, and Jesus giving himself to us because he wants to be one with us forever. He wants us to be one body. He the head, we the parts of his body. Father, this is Father Ryan Moravitz. Um, you know, as we talk about the Eucharist being so amazing and, and being on Calvary and what that what that interaction is like. You know, for those that aren't Catholic that might be listening out there, what do we as Catholics believe about the Eucharist? Can you expound on that a little bit more of what what we really believe the Eucharist to be? Well, I think two things, you know. Um, one of the things which, unfortunately, I think we've, we've lost a sense of is that every time we celebrate the Eucharist, we are celebrating what we call the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. And it's not as though Jesus is dying again, but he's making present to us his life-giving death and resurrection. And this comes out of the whole Jewish-Hebrew tradition of the Passover, where when the Passover was celebrated, the Jewish people uh, saw it not as a nostalgia, remembering what God had done uh, hundreds of years ago, but what God was doing today. He was making present that life-saving event of the first Passover, and it was being made present to us in a kind of miraculous way. And the same thing goes for the Eucharist, that Jesus is making present his greatest act of love on the cross, and then his resurrection. And so we're, we're present for that. And then uh, secondly, what we Catholics believe is, is um, the real presence. Christ is present speaking to us. He's present in the congregation, wherever two or three gather, there he is. He speaks through his word, and then through the priest, who says, this is my body, this is my blood. He's obviously not speaking about his own body and blood, but Jesus is acting through the priest, transforming the bread and wine into his very own body and blood, so that when we receive communion, we're not just receiving a symbol of God's love and and his desire to nourish us and be one with us, but that we're actually receiving Jesus himself, And last night, when I was talking about this in our mission, I referred to John chapter 6, where Jesus said, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you shall not have life. And we might ask, why why do we take that literally, when we don't take everything Jesus said literally? Obviously, we uh, read chapter 5 of Matthew, where Jesus said, If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out, or if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. We don't take those words literally, but we take the words of Jesus, this is my body, this is my blood, literally, because of what he taught the disciples 
in chapter 6 of John's Gospel. And this was such uh, a radical teaching to the people of his time that many of his disciples, his followers, actually stopped following Jesus over this teaching of the Eucharist. So in short, that's what we Catholics believe when we talk about the real presence and the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Thank you for listening to Real Presence Live. This is Father Richard Kunzlaw and Father Ryan Moravitz, and we're talking to Father James Kabicki in regards to an event that's coming up uh, in uh, in Fargo. And why don't you, Father uh, Kabicki, why don't you just explain a little bit about what, I know that you're doing a parish mission now, but there's something else coming up later on in May that you're doing, or am I not correct? No, it's this week. No, actually, this this is what we're doing. It's a, uh, it's a mission at Blessed Sacrament, and it's... Uh, Continuing tonight at 7 p.m., and then uh, tomorrow night we'll finish up, and uh, we're talking about what we believe regarding the Eucharist and how that belief, tonight we'll be talking about how that belief affects our celebration of the Eucharist and, and how we can celebrate the Eucharist better, each one of us. And then tomorrow night we'll be talking about, well, what does that actually mean in our daily lives? How do we live the Eucharist? one day at a time in our daily lives? How do we go forth from the Mass and live the Mass in our lives? One of the things that I uh, that I really encourage my people, uh, Father Kubicki, is the idea of the weekday Mass and the, the importance of going to weekday Mass if you can. Can you want to speak to that a little bit? Sure. You know, I, w- I was talking about this on a, another radio show recently, and we had callers uh, call in to talk about what the weekday Mass meant to them. And, and part of it is um, it, it's quieter and simpler, and many people who called in said when they go to weekday Mass, um, they're, they're, they're able, they're less distracted by all the things going on in the Sunday Mass. The Sunday Mass is beautiful, but when you get down to the simplicity of a weekday Mass, um, they felt that for them um, they were able to enter into the mystery of the Mass in a deeper way with, with, with greater prayer. Um, and I, you know, every, every day the Lord feeds us. When we pray the Our Father, we pray, give us this day our daily bread. And while we may think of that in terms of what we need to sustain us physically, our bodies, that also has traditionally meant, give us this day our uh, daily bread, as in the Eucharist, uh, the body and blood of Jesus. And I, I think to be strengthened each day, People who start that practice during Lent of going to a weekday Mass often continue it because they find that it really helps focus them during the day, and it nourishes them and strengthens them for the challenges that they will face each day. Father, how can, how can we, as, you know, and how can people, right, in the pews, more actively participate in celebrating the Mass? You know, we, we talk about active participation. Is there anything you can share with our listeners about how they can sure. actively participate? Well, Pope Benedict addressed this at the Eucharistic Congress that was being held in Ireland back in 2012, and he basically said, you know, active participation doesn't mean simply what we do with our bodies, you know, standing, sitting, kneeling, singing, responding to the priest uh, in in the responses, but it, it means what's going on interiorly. So I I like to tell people active participation means uh, praying the Mass with the priest. And that's where I find uh, different uh, booklets like Magnificat or, you know, a Missal helps us to pray the Mass with the priest. I, I, I love that explanation, you know, because it's that dynamic of, 
you know, it's more, it's, it's really reflecting on how am I interiorly approaching this and where am I at inside during mass more than anything. And I love the practical right. advice of, you know, yeah, the Magnificat and the various missiles to be able to follow along praying with Father, even though you're not saying the words out loud, but you're participating in the prayer that you're, you're part of that prayer. So I think of like, you know, when you're with a group and somebody's leading the group in prayer, like everybody's praying together, the one person's leading it, same thing at Mass, you know, that our hearts would be mm -hmm. focused on, you know, lifting our hearts to the Lord, for instance. So I, I really appreciate that response, Father. What would be the one thing, uh, Father, that you would say to try and encourage people to come out tonight? Well, we're, tonight in, in West Fargo, we're going to be talking about uh, just this very thing. How can we celebrate the Mass in a way that opens us up to the grace that the Lord wants to give us? I, I often use the example of an electric light with uh, the plug, the cord, and if the plug doesn't go into the outlet, the, the light doesn't light up. And we might be physically present at Mass, but unless we're plugging in by preparing to hear the readings ahead of time and uh, following along and praying the Mass with the priest, we're really not engaged and plugged into the power that the Eucharist has to transform our lives. And so tonight we'll be talking about how can we plug into the Mass in a deeper way that allows us to be transformed and to, to be the lights for the world that the Lord has called us to be. Great. Thank you very much, Father uh, Kavicki. Um, for those of you that have been listening in, Blessed Sacrament in West Fargo tonight and tomorrow night uh, through the 15th, uh, a whole um, a mission on the Eucharist. And thank you very much for, for coming on the air with us today. You're welcome, and thanks for the opportunity to do so. Great. God bless Father, you in your God ministry. Bless. You too. You too. Well, after the break, Father Ryan, we go into straight talk where we have an opportunity for callers to call in with questions or concerns or whatever. And then uh, not long after that, we're going to have Bishop Robert Groose from the Diocese of Rapid City talking to us about the beauty of God's love, especially in the Easter season. So all that after the break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hey everybody, Steve Splunskowski here with Real Presence Radio. I wanted to thank so many of you for calling in during our spring live drive. We had a great show of support for this work of evangelization, so thank you to so many of our brothers and sisters who called in and pledged. We had a goal of 550000 and we did raise 505000 so we're a little short, and we are going to need your help because of some equipment failures we've had in the past six months. So if you weren't around last week, please consider giving a gift now at 877-795-0122. And we thank you so much for your loving support. God bless you. It's fun to to think about when I listen to like Catholic Answers Live, for example. Always amazed whenever I hear callers call in and go, you know, I'm not Catholic, yeah. but yet I'm listening to Catholic radio. And I just think to myself, what is it, of all the choices that they could be listening to, uh -huh. what is it about that program that draws them in, even when their own beliefs are challenged by what they may be hearing on that program? You know, especially like when you talk about pro-life and, you know, that's like, Hey, we want people who are who are not pro-life call in. It's just like, really, you can make a program. Like, there's people out there listening to a program <laughs> about pro-life, and and they're going to call right. and say, "I'm not pro-life, and this is why." So I can't help but think, you know, how many people is it reaching that you never knew? You know, I don't know who directly who I'm helping, but I trust that God is going to turn it on and at the right point, at the right time, on that radio, the right person's going to hear it. And in some way, shape, or form, I was part of that. 
We all appreciate the comforting things in life. Great food, laughter, celebrating mass together, and friendships. Here at Riverview, we have all those things and more. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. With Senior Independent Living Apartments and our Crosshaven neighborhood for those seniors who need a little more assistance, it is the sense of community here that makes Riverview home to all of us. Contact me, Carrie Dew, or Kelly Brecky for a tour at 701-237-4700 or online at homeishere.org. You're listening to the RPR Network. Now back to more Real Presence Live. Good morning. This is Father Richard Kunst, along with Father Ryan Moravitz, coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth on the uh, uh, this morning on Real Presence Live. And hope, thank you for tuning in and listening to us. And uh, uh, we were talking a little bit earlier, Father Ryan, about um, how we just finished up RCI. One of the nice things about this time of the year, it's like workloads tend to lighten up for us. Yeah, it's, there's kind of that shift in scheduling and yeah. shift in different things going on, which is nice. It is nice. I mean, I I have to say though, I mean, I get a little depressed in the summertime because there are there there can be extended periods of time where I've got like really nothing to do, and it's really odd. And so I kind of get a little bit down about that. I'm kind of like too. I'm kind of uh, I'm hardwired to to be working a lot. I think especially because you have a school. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's especially because most every day, you know, the school's full, so there's always just activity always and people and. But even the evenings, because like during the evenings, at least in this part of the Catholic Church's world, it seems like the a lot of the events, a lot of regular programmings are really based on the school year, whether you've got a school or not. And so a lot of these, uh, you know, like committees or whatever, they don't meet regularly during the summertime. So we have a lot of, I've got a lot more free evenings in the summertime. Yeah, people take the summer off, you know, they always right. say kind of in terms of councils or different groups. But it's important that they don't take the summer off for mass, mass attendance. Yeah. I even wrote about that for this coming week's bulletin, being that we're getting close to Memorial Day. I said, you know what? I mean, in Duluth, you know, I, I've been in Duluth for a while. Um, there seems to be a tendency that uh, when the weather is nicer, there's fewer people in the pews. Now, they might be going to some other church, and that, so I'm not going to begrudge well, that. Well, yeah, because if you go to a, a, a parish where the cabins are... Yeah, then the church is packed. packed. Yeah, and you've experienced that. I've experienced that. that. Right. And, yeah, they go to Mass. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just going to mass up where the cabin is. Or but sometimes they don't. You know, there are there yeah, are groups of people that kind of take the summer off, and I and my line that I've often repeated is, uh, you know, God loves us just as much when the weather's nice and when the weather's not so nice, and so we, we should be coming and giving him thanks when the weather's nice. Huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I love those summer evenings. You know, here in Minnesota, at least, you know, it's it's summer evenings where you get a chance to go out on the water. Um, yeah. for boat rides or walks in the woods or it's just great here in Duluth for that kind of stuff and throughout our diocese in particular so yeah. so yeah do you have any planned trips for the summer I don't you know uh, well I sort of I um some friends and I that we were all classmates in seminary uh we go to Okaboji every other year which is a lake in northwest um Iowa okay and so we're going to do that and then we're going to come back up oh father so shane that, father yeah, shane father shane oh. Some of us are going to come back up and spend some time at a lake here in the diocese as well. Huh. So it's, it's there's nothing better than summertime in Minnesota. So right. I don't. I tend not to go anywhere in the summer, um, but takes yeah, you, a little you, bit of vacation you, time. You, right here. you go when there's the most amount of work needed to be done. Yeah, that's when you leave. You yeah. leave when the work like three needs weeks to be done. during Lent. Like I'm out. Of yeah, here. exactly. That's it is you amazing know? how how you leave <laughs> during the most busy time of the year and and I. Well, I could. Do you want me to come at you with your Rome trip? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I haven't been to Rome for a while. I, my oh, Rome, what do you mean? You my, were in Rome my, like a month ago. My, no, you? I was not. Two months ago? No, I was not. 
When was the last time you were in Rome? Right after Christmas. Okay. I my you know I used to you know for listeners I used to lead Rome tours on a regular basis. Like I still six do. times a year. I still I still lead them, but I don't. I really slowed down as far as the numbers. So, so there. So that's because I love my people and I want to work in saving their souls. You're such a good priest, Father Rich. Thank you, Father Ryan. I'm not going to disagree. For once, we're 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 in agreement. For once, yeah. <laughs> oh, I want to talk to you a little bit about last week. Now, you you hosted an hour, two hours for the lo- spring live drive. Right. And you did not make your goal either hour. No, and you didn't. And I host it. and I hosted. I hosted two hours, and I made my goal both times. Okay, so uh, a couple of things. Um, I called into your show and donated. You never called into my show and donated. I Father, just want to acknowledge Ryan, that. I was out of town and Doesn't out of matter. the range of Real Presence Live. Folks, In fact, I was on an airplane. So, folks, Real Presence Radio is on Amazon devices now. There's the RPR app and the website as well as your local station. So, no excuse. You can listen to RPR virtually anywhere. And, and here's the deal. Here's it. Because so Father I Ryan, called into your station. Because Father Ryan did your make his show, goal. And I donated. And then you donated to your own show on behalf of you. Yeah, but yeah, you never called into friendship. mind how because I was, on an, I was on an airplane when you were on the air. <laughs> oh, I was likely. Excuse. And so you, anyhow. So here's the deal: Father Ryan was feeling really bad that he didn't make his goal. So you can still call eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two and make a pledge because Real Presence Live is all our radio. Real Presence Radio always is in need of support. And because Father Ryan is a little bit lackluster in his making his goal, please, uh, you know, call on his behalf, 877-795-0122. And folks, you can listen on Alexa and Google. It's good stuff. But yeah. Or mycatholicradio.com. You can also do a pledge there. Your Catholic Radio. Oh, sorry. Your Catholic, your Catholic Radio Station. <laughs> Father Rich is confused. And the app as well. But you know what? I had a great show with, um, oh boy. in both hours, but. The first hour I was on last week during live drive was with my mom and dad. Yeah, how'd that go? It was for me. It was fantastic. Yeah, like I, I was both impressed on how they they did and telling their story, but also just it was great to listen to them tell their story. Yeah, yeah. Um, huh. Learned a few things from them, and you did. I did well in terms of their life and like some things that happened in their lives. Like I knew, I knew the stories, but realized a few things that were a little bit deeper in them from huh. those experiences my dad my dad had come back to confession after like 15 plus years and your dad's a deacon now and he's a deacon now so he was uh-huh. i mean when we were kids everybody thinks you know we have a, two priests in the family my dad's a deacon everybody thinks we've always just been like uber catholic not at all yeah I mean, uh, when we were born, mom and dad were not going to church. Huh. You know, they came to the church just to have us baptized, and that was it. Really? And then they had some things happen to them, and even as mom then started getting active and learning, dad didn't until my sister, Michelle, was going to first reconciliation. So I was, you know, I was 10. Brandon was going on 12. Father Brandon. Father Brandon, yeah. And dad went to reconciliation when when michelle went you know when they all Mm -hmm. went to their first reconciliation and he had such a profound experience in going to confession and being welcomed back to it that 
it also opened his eyes to the reality like he's got to start walking with mom mm-hmm. he's not being a man and a good husband because he's not going to church with her he's not you know walking with her in this and that was the beginning of sort of his reversion or conversion to a, a really a relationship with god so that was not would, would it be accurate to say that it was your sister michelle who really brought the family back uh, absolutely faith? yeah well i mean she, she is the saint of the family yeah well I, I knew that and so the the mere fact that she was the one who was her first communion first confession that got your dad involved so michelle good job in the moravitz family <laughs> yeah. yeah no michelle's definitely the, the yeah. leader yeah. yeah well that's a good thing yeah we all yeah we have to have leaders in our faith <laughs> yeah and, who's the leader in your family uh, as far as like the faith, yeah. Well, my dad. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I mean, he was. I mean, my mom is not. She's Jewish. My mom is yeah. Jewish. She's still Jewish, and a lot of people probably don't know that. But uh, so my dad had to bring all of his kids up and bring us to church. Your but dad's that, a daily mass guy too. He right? does. He goes to daily mass. Right. Yep, he he's can now because he's obviously he's not working anymore. And so yeah, so, yeah, so uh, I would say that in the immediate family, it's certainly my dad. He had. Uh, he had seven kids that he had to bring to church on his own, you know, every week. Mom would help out as far as like getting his kids ready and so on. Uh, but you know, as far as going to mass, she didn't go to mass. So dad was left on his own. And so dad always gave us a little, we didn't know it at the time, but the incentive was is if we behaved in a church, we'd go to Bridgman's for ice cream after mass. And so that was, uh, he was kind of like um, baiting us to, to behave well in church. And, and I think that he actually brought us to have ice cream if he had money it didn't really matter if he had enough money in his pocket then he'd bring us for ice cream but he said if we behaved but i think it was how much extra cash he had what parish did you grow up in here i don't uh uh saint michael's until i was like six or seven Uh, and then we moved out yep lakeside and duluth then we moved to saint john's and woodland and that's and that's what i consider my home parish that's where i had my first mass oh yeah that's right because i grew up there and then i became pastor there for 11 years which is kind of a unique thing yeah yeah, in Duluth we have plenty of different parishes where you grow up in Ely, and there's basically mm-hmm. one option, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the unique thing about Duluth is there's so many options in terms of numbers of parishes. Right, right. And it's it used to be more because yeah. we've had a lot of you know parishes go together, and so so yeah, yeah, unique place to grow up, Catholic. Yeah, and where I grew up, you know, it was it was it was one one church in town, so it was like that was the option, and that's where you went. You know, the nearest other one was 15 miles away, and then 20 yeah. miles away. So yeah. Well, that's great. Well, uh, it's good. Families, families are family is good, and parish life is good. So, yep. And sometimes vocations come out of the most likely of situations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are about to go into our next segment, which is like my favorite segment of the entire show. There it is. There it is. We were waiting for it. (laughs) (laughs) We were waiting on our clocks. There you go, folks. That is your indicator. We are starting up on Straight Talk, where you can call in, you can email any type of questions, any type of thoughts you want to share with listeners that you want answered from local priests. Call 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122, or you can go on Facebook and submit a call, submit a question, or you can email a question. So we'd love to hear from you, folks. Uh, Call in now um, or submit a question and we'll uh, respond to it. This is a great opportunity. This is the great thing about local radio as well. As you know, we can get to local things um, going on um, to your questions um, from all over our listening area. So, uh, again, 877-795-0122. Um, Father, as we wait for um, a question or a caller, um, last night at RCIA, one of the one of the 
folks in the class asked a great question, mm -hmm. and I was really edified by it. He um, he asked, he said, fathers, what can we do to support you as priests? And mind you, he asked that question like right at the end, yep. and so it like kept us there for quite yeah. a bit longer. We went overtime. Last <laughs> we time. went overtime for at least the first time since I was teaching. Anyhow, maybe when you were classes, maybe you went overtime. But it was. It was an excellent, well thought out question. They all were, of course. But there's this one question was, like you said, was edifying because he said, what can we do now as new Catholics? Because this is a group of new Catholics. What can we do as new Catholics to support our priests? And and it's like, you know, I mean, for you and I and the profession that we are as priests and we live it and we uh, uh, we know what it's like we've got lots of thoughts we do you know we? because because there's lots of ways that you can support your uh priests in very positive meaningful and simple ways yep yeah one of the things that we shared last night with with the rcia classes and it was a number of things because there's lots of ways to be able to support your local priest and your pastor one of them i would say is be forgiving like father you know, we're not, I know you think you're perfect, Father Rich, but, <laughs> <laughs> but even though you think that, you're not, you know? Jeez, thanks so it's, it's my reality, like, you know, Father Rich was saying last night, you know, there's times where we're, we're going to make a mistake in the pulpit, maybe, for instance, where, you know. Well, I was referencing you, though. Well, Sometimes yeah. Father Ryan will make a mistake in the pulpit. That, <laughs> you didn't hear that correctly, apparently. Right, right. So, I mean, but all of us, you know, we're going to make mistakes, and we, we have our bad days and our bad moments, and we hope those are far and few between. Um, but we do make mistakes, and sometimes we don't say the right things or whatever, but to, to just be forgiving of your priests rather than maybe holding that grudge or um, or uh, not being forgiving. And you, Father Rich, you had expounded on that in terms of, you know, you gave a great example of people bring their sins to us in the confessional, and they can be the gravest of sins, mm -hmm. and they die with us. Mm -hmm. But the priest's sin... Yep, often it, gets spread. Often gets spread around, you know, his little mistakes or his different things. Yep. Like, you know, father got mad and that gets spread around, yep. you know. So it's it's that whole dynamic of, you know, be forgiving of father. Right. People like know. to talk about politicians and priests the most, it seems. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, they tend to talk about the things that they view as a negative in the priest. And so, yeah, it's like, you know, I mean, a, a small sin or a small misstep of a priest might get uh, spread all throughout the parish but when people talking but like Father Ryan just said, you you bring your gravest sins to the priest, and that never gets spread again. It it dies with the priest, and so just keep that uh, you know keep that in mind when when you're certain things that you see that um, uh, you maybe you don't like what your priest said or certain thing that your priest did. One of the things that we talked about last night, because I just had the experience where somebody will come up to you at the beginning of mass and say, "I need ten minutes of your time right after mass, Father." It's like. Don't do that because I mean, unless it's a, like a life or death thing, because it's like I got another thing like right afterwards, and so if I say, "Can you call me during the week?" then they get upset, you know. But they don't understand that we got another thing that's on our schedule right after the mass. Sometimes, yeah. So Sunday morning, as you're walking out of mass, is not the time to bring something to Father, because you, you know you're going to have a dozen people behind you who also want to say good morning to Father, and he wants to say good morning to people. He's often going to a next mass, so like one of the things you can do to help us is. Don't bring those things to us after Sunday Mass because it's it's a time of community. There's lots of people around. So if you bring me a big problem, like I'm going to talk to Father about this after Mass, that's a tough time for us because yeah. we're on the go usually on Sunday mornings, and there's lots of people around. So it's, it's you know. Or even right before Mass. I, so at St. James. People come into the sacristy. Yeah, my like, new, my new like, parish, the sacristy, on <laughs> the sacristy is right by where people come in. And it's uncanny how many people come into the sacristy and have a weighty question they want to ask me. It's like, I'm trying to focus on what I'm about to do. It's like, you know, let's t 
just be mindful of the priest and what he has to do, basically, is the, the point of it. Yeah, and we get, like, that's the day that you see us on Sunday, like, and that's good, but it, it's tough to, you know, people will come up and say, yeah, can I talk to you about this right now? It's like, well, not, now's not a right, good time. Right, yeah. um, And just don't take it personally. If and we don't take it personally. Like it's just this reality of, you know, there, there's a, a better time and place usually to bring things up with Father, you know? Yeah, we do have a, uh, we did have somebody uh, send in a, uh, is that someone that wants to talk to us? Ah, okay. We have an anonymous person that wants to make a little bit of an extra plug. So uh, you're on the air. Anonymous from Fargo. Yeah. Yes, I want to call and encourage people to attend the mission that's out of Blessed Sacrament in West Fargo. I have gone the past two nights, and this man is, is a wonderful retreat and master. He speaks well and simple and to the point and gives us all new insights. So I just really would encourage everyone to attend. Thank you very much. We just actually had Father Kabicki on the air just before. Uh, and, I, and as I know you did. I know said, you did. I heard him. Oh, good, good. Uh, so that's Blessed Sacrament right, in so West Fargo. I tell Fargo. you that there was really a live body. There was that there was a live body out there hearing him, and he was a very enjoyable and informative uh, and intel- and very intelligent. Thank you. Well, thank you very much for the plug. Yeah, so, that, isn't that great? That's one of the great things about Straight Talk too. Like. For her to call in and share, like, I was there. Right, and it was great. With your guest, and it was great. Folks, go. Yeah. You know, that's and that's, you know, that's the beauty of Real Presence Radio. Blessed Sacrament in West Fargo. Uh, the mission is entitled The Eucharist, and that starts at 7 p.m. tonight. And so uh, make sure that you go to that. And, uh, and obviously the subject, you can't have a better subject than what the Catholic Church has defined as the source and summit of our faith. Folks, we're, um, we're straight talking right now. Call in at 877-795-0122, 877-795. 7950122 um, with any of your questions or comments or things you want to talk about you can also um send something in on Facebook in the questions and comments um section um so go to Facebook and find us on Facebook real presence uh, radio one of the funny things is that you know i mean a lot of or i'm sure same with you is a lot of people that know me know that i'm on you know that i do the show with you and often i'll say well th- somebody'll say well i'm going to call in i'm going to call in but then they don't call in so if you if you if you say you're going to call in call in 877-795-0122. A little bit of a challenge of all my acquaintances who have said that to me before. Any type of question, any type of thoughts, any type of concerns, just like our last anonymous caller did, just put a plug in. And so anything is uh, welcome, 877-795-0122. Uh, I would guess that people usually don't call you. That's not true. <laughs> Sometimes I wish that was true, but it's not true. <laughs> You know, speaking of that, like, and we, we kind of joke about it, but um, one of the things, you know, to get back on the topic of priestly support, if you will, how do you support your priest? I shared with the folks that, you know, um, priests have friends too, and they need friends. And um, to remember that, you know, your priest is, you know, someday you might become friends with a priest, and more than just, you know, being a parishioner. And to be respectful of that when, you know, father needs friends. And Father knows how to balance that in his own life, typically. Um, but it's such an important factor in our lives that we have friends. And it is a balance for us because, you know, we are pastor first and foremost, the people in our parish. And so that's always, that's, that's, a, that's a fine line. You know, for me, it's like, I feel like I've got a different relationship. I'm sure it's the same with you when I move from one parish to the next. My relationship with those parishioners that I just moved away from has all of a sudden changed. And some of those people who I just loved hanging out with, uh, I feel like, I feel like they're even more friend now because, 
if I keep in that contact with them, I'm no longer their pastor. I'm still priest, but I'm not their pastor. And so to be friends with them, I feel like it's a little bit more freeing to be real friends with them because my overarching role with these people are, are pastor. And so from, from the standpoint of the priest, it is a very delicate walk. So 877 where we are waiting for our first real call question. We had a great we had a great plug from Anonymous in Fargo about the mission on the Eucharist that's going on there. But give us a call at 877-795-0122. Father, it's uh, First Communion season, Confirmation season. Yes, uh, it is. Are you all done with your First Communion? Yes, we are done. That's that's. I mean, I, I love it. First Communion is actually, in my mind, one of the most important days in a parish's life because these kids have an opportunity to... Uh, um, uh, to actually go to the Eucharist for the first time. And so I always make that as a, a very significant uh, uh, lo- day in the life of the parish. But give us a call again at 877-795-0122. That's 877-795-0122. And it looks like we might have a call coming in shortly. Joe, are you with us? Yeah. Joe, Joe's from Grand Forks. Joe, thanks for calling in. What's your question? Or your Hi, I uh, was wondering if uh, you had any advice for parents with small children when we are in math. Uh, I know my wife really struggles with getting something out of math. You know, the kids are kind of crawling around, and, and uh, she's always asking me, so what was Father talking about? He sent me 20 questions after math, and then I feel like an idiot, so I'm like, Okay, what was Father talking about? But uh, I, uh, I just kind of wondering if you have any advice for staying focused or. or uh, my my first that's that. a that's a great question, Joe. And my initial thought, my initial thought, and Father Ryan can uh, um, uh, comment after I make this comment is that my initial thought is when parents have little kids, is that they shouldn't beat themselves up if they can't really pay attention to the mass. Your your vocation is to be the parent of that child, to be the dad, to be the mom of that child. And the mere fact that you're bringing them to Mass, even when they are fussing and they don't get anything out of it, you are, you are, you are, doing, you are exceedingly doing well in your vocation as a Catholic parent. And so my first initial thought is don't beat yourself up if you can't be attentive to it because this is what God has called you and you are following it by bringing your children up in the practice of the faith, even when they're really young. Yeah, I think on a practical level too, you know, to bring the kids into focus depending on their age so a lot of times you'll see people um you know whispering to their child okay look at what father's going to do now or what's father going to do next you know to bring them into it and it can help you stay focused as well on some levels um and there is i think a letting go (laughs) of um your kid doesn't always have to be perfectly attentive they're listening past like actively while not like they don't seem like they're paying attention so it's to to realize that i think um but the big thing is, is just being present. My mom just shared something because, so I have eight nieces and nephews, five in one family and three in the other, and they're oftentimes at mass together, and they're a pretty rowdy bunch. They're all under the age of eight. And my mom um, shared with me that whenever she, whenever one of the kids really gets rowdy or crying or loud or there's another kid in church, she prays the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel. And she swears by it. She says it works every time. The kid suddenly calms down, and we're off and rolling and back into to focusing at Mass. Um, so I think there's a, a number of different things. I, I always tell parishioners as well, come to the front. 
Mm-hmm. You know, oftentimes kids are going to be more attentive in the front and uh, and you're going to be able to focus or give them something to do from little books, depending on their age, you know, to, to little things uh, to do in the pew quietly. You know, those are important things so that you can stay focused. Um, don't don't overly worry about the kids being perfect during mass, I would say. Right. And if they, you know, if they get super rowdy, yeah. Take a minute to, to step out and then come back in with them. And I want to say, Joe, just one thing, just a little bit off of what Father Ryan said just a minute ago. Your kids are, are maybe paying attention more than you think. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just amazing. Just this morning, you know, I have, I have kids from our school that serve at my weekday mass. And so two kids do it the whole week. And uh, one of these young, really young servers said, Father, I really liked your homily yesterday. And I couldn't remember what I said yesterday. So I said, well, what was it about? And they told me the homily. So it's like, this is a young, really young kid. And I, it's like, it's amazing. So even if it looks like they're not paying attention, there's a good chance that they are. My kids are not even four and not even two. So I mean, they're yeah, they're not little, but, exactly. Uh, uh, yeah, I just I just kind of curious as to what what you have. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not too worried about them making a ruckus or not. But it seems like when you have kids that age, nothing they do is quiet. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, <clears throat> yeah, I think as parents too, you know, it's it's you know it's easy for me to say from the pulpit, but or from you know I'm I'm not a parent, but uh, remember that this is just where you are right now in your vocation and at this point in your journey, and so you know to love your kids at mass and to to love the Lord and bringing your kids to mass with you, um, and being present in the midst of the community, um, so the kids can grow, but you can grow you you're growing through it all, even though it doesn't seem like you are maybe or. You, you know, there is a, there's grace there always. And so don't kind of think like, well, nothing's being given to me at mass. No, there is, you're receiving graces as you're present. And you kind of got to surrender to that. Sometimes we, like Father Rich said earlier, we, we can beat ourselves up a little bit too much, um, or get a little frustrated and we got to kind of take a deep breath and, and say it's, it's okay. Joe, thank you very much for that great question and that call. Thank you. If you have uh, any other, uh, if anybody else is out there wants to call, like, um, you know, just basic questions like that, like Joe had from Grand Forks, just call 877-795-0122. That's 877-795-0122. Or you can uh, ask a question via Facebook as well. Yeah, it's a, it's, that's a definitely a balance. It's something that I hear a lot from young families. You know, the thing about Joe and that call that he just made, it's like, there's a lot of people that I've heard of that say, well, we don't go to church because the kids are too young. Well, that's not a good answer, you know? And so that's what I meant by Joe, you're doing a great job by bringing those young kids because they're part of the church, you know, and they should be there. And, and a lot of people make excuses about not going to mass for something like even saying, well, my kids are too rowdy. So that's what we have a cry room for if it gets that bad. You know, one of the things that, you know, when you don't realize how much those kids are listening and you, your parents experience it all the time. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I've got some people in my parish and they have a little four-year-old daughter and she's usually paying attention at certain points and I think she's coloring or doing different things. But they'll think she's not listening. Like during the homily, she might be, you know, writing on a piece of paper or coloring. And I'll, I'll ask a question or do something. And as she's coloring, she'll be like talking or quietly responding to like what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you don't, you don't realize how much they are taking in. Right. I always tell people, you know, it's, it's like if you have a, a two year old or a four year old sitting at the table and an adult conversation comes up or you're in the living room, and there's television on and there's an adult television show that comes on. Typically you ask the two or four year old or whatever the case may be 
to leave the room or you remove them or you don't go well, on with the you conversation. Sh- you shouldn't be watching that type of a show to have well, a kid like that leave. Well, Father Ryan. Well, okay, fine, Father Rich. But what I'm saying is that we know that these kids take in images, they take in emotions, they take in language and words. We know that on a practical level, so we, we don't, you know, we're attentive to that when they're in the room, for instance. Um, adult conversations, for instance, you know, you're not going to do always with little kids in the room because, because you know they're taking it in. Remember, it's the same at Mass. But here they're taking in the good news, mm-hmm. and they're taking in um, emotions. And hopefully there's good emotions going on typically in your parishes, but they're taking all of that in. And so, you know, you've got to kind of let, let go and allow that to, to take place um, sort of uh, uh, organically. So, um, so yeah, so it's, it's a beautiful question, and it's certainly challenging. There's some good resources all online, like go Google it. Like, what can I do to help my kid at Mass or... Um, how do I, how do I, what are helps? And there's some really good practical stuff. I know my sisters have, I don't know any off the top of my head, but my sisters have found some stuff that are really, really good. Yeah. Uh, looks like we have another caller, uh, right here from Duluth, uh, another anonymous caller. Are you on the air there? Yes, I am. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Um, what, what's your you were, question? Sure. You were talking about being, uh, first communion season and, um, in our parish this last Sunday, uh, two Sundays ago. There were six young children that received their first communion, thanks be to God. Um, of those six, three of them, when they received the precious body of Christ, uh, received in their hand and walked away and then uh, consumed him. And my question is, what should we do as more, quote-unquote, mature Catholics? to help them know um, that they should receive Jesus, make the sign of the cross, and then um, move away from, <laughs> from their place. Yeah, I think that that's a, that's a good question. I think part of that is obviously through our faith formation and catechesis and, and preparing them. And as they journey forward, you know, that the, you know, a parent's primary role is to help them to do that. So some things you can do is to practice at home. Um, those things. One of the things about First Communion, and you got to remember this with the kids, is is they're usually nervous. It's the first time they've done it. They're coming up in front of everybody. It's a big day. And so I know in, in every First Communion I've ever done, you know, the kids are nervous. You know, they, they're, they're wanting to do it right, but they get nervous, and so they, they sometimes don't do it exactly how we did it in practice or how they've been trained. So one is to be patient with them. Um, and to to not um, be overly critical in those moments, but to walk with them and say, okay, you know, so for instance, a parent going up and it's it's their second communion the next week, let's say, okay, remember to bow and then to receive Jesus right away, make the sign of the cross and then move on. Um, so it's just walking with kids and realizing, okay, like anything, you know, it does take time for them to get, get in the routine or the comfortability of it. Um, so I, I think that that's an important factor. You'd you'd made a okay. mention. One of the things you asked, um, if I maybe you can repeat the question in regards to the precious blood. About were you uh, concerned that they walked past without receiving? Is that what part of your concern was? Uh, yes, that's true. Okay. Well, that you know, receiving the precious blood, of course, is not, you know, once you receive 
one form of the Eucharist, you receive the fullness of the body and blood of Christ. So um, uh, it's important that they receive, you know, the Eucharist. And if they didn't want to, for whatever reason, receive from the precious blood, there's nothing actually wrong with that. Okay. Is that, is that helpful? Yep. Yes, it is. Very much so. Thank you. Great. Have a great day. Thanks for calling. Again, folks, we're Straight Talking at 877-795-0122. we got a little bit of time left on Straight Talk, so... Please feel free to call 877-795-0122 with any questions or things you'd like to talk about concerning the faith or parish life. You can also find us on Facebook um, and send in a, a question or a comment there on Facebook. You know, when we were talking about the, this is a different subject, but when we were talking about the, the Eucharist and that um, uh, that mission that's going out in West Fargo, I always remember, you know, one of the things I like to talk about the Eucharist was this church that I went and visited down in La Crosse, Wisconsin, eons ago. and. And on the back of the church, like the face of the balcony as you're walking and leaving the church, in really old writing, so it was written a long time ago, it said, it said on that uh, balcony face, it said, this is an awesome place. And I love that. I mean, I, I've got this big thing about the word awesome. It's overused, but it truly is true. I mean, this is an awesome place because we get to receive Christ in the Eucharist. We should be awe. We should be in awe of that. And so I've always, that, that image when we speak it of the Eucharist, that's in First Communion and all the things that are going on at this time of the year, I think of that 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 old old stenciled sign on the on the uh, on the face of that balcony in Lacrosse. This is an awesome place. I love that you like something that has the word "awesome" in it. Well, I mean, God. Yeah. Yeah. Our so God is an awesome God. He is exactly. Is that so, song. Yeah. So it's it's not awesome if you get a good cup of coffee in the morning. You know, I mean, so there's a big difference there. It's a proper use of the word Proper awesome. use. Yeah, exactly. I know so, that's fair. Yeah, thank you. So 877-795-0122. That's 877-795-0122. We've had a couple of anonymous calls, and we'd like to have you call in with anything you that's on your mind. That's appropriate, of course. And uh, it'd be welcome uh, to have you on the air. Or you can go on Facebook as well and ask a question. Um, today is the, the feast day of St. Matthias, yeah? Yes. So I read a quote um, from Pope Benedict this morning at Mass that I thought was really great. Um, you know, because there's lots going on in the church today, lots of things happening. But he said this about St. Matthias. And remember, folks, St. Matthias replaced Judas, you know, the betrayer, the one who betrayed. So Matthias gets brought in to, to bring the 11 back to 12, which has lots of meaning. But Pope Benedict in 2006 said this. He said, we draw from this a final lesson, and he was speaking at a Wednesday audience, and he was speaking about Judas and Matthias. He said, while there is no lack of unworthy and traitorous Christians in the church, strong words, eh? It is up to each of us to counterbalance the evil done by them with our clear witness to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Um, I spoke about this morning. I thought it was a great quote. Yeah. Um, that was Pope Benedict? Yeah. He's got tons of great quotes. You know? That, uh, that, you know, Matthias steps in after this person who is tra was a big traitor and betrayed Jesus to his death. And he steps in to fill the spot and to counterbalance the evil done by his witness to Jesus Christ. And that's the big thing is as there's things that are happening in our lives and in the life of the church, we have to counterbalance the evil done by our witnessing to Jesus Christ. Um, I was so it was just such a great quote this morning to start the day off with uh, that, that came up. That is a great quote. Yeah. We, we, have, uh, we have actually somebody that called in with a question. They're not on the air. And I don't know if I, I, don't know if I like the question. Okay. It, it, um, well, 
Go ahead, Father Ryan. I'm just going to read it. it. Let's talk about the warm feeling that Father Rich had inside when he saw that Father Ryan donated in honor of his friendship during the live drive. Perhaps talk about the importance of friendship. Can I clarify? Can I clarify what I meant by that? I had a really hot cup of coffee that I was drinking (laughs) at that moment. And so it's like that warm feeling I had inside was... It was more of a it was more of a concrete, real warm, physical feeling because I was drinking that coffee. Yeah. But I was really surprised that you did call in with that small donation to Real Presence. I was radio. I I was not surprised that you didn't call in to help me. Well, because I was on on the airplane. I thought we already went over this. <laughs> but I will but I will say this for people that were not listening is that Father Ryan donated. It was nice. It was it's a thought that counts. But then in in the honor of his friendship. But then I donated fourfold what he donated in honor of my friendship with him. Yeah, I mean, once again, folks, you know, I mean, it's the reality that Father Rich, is, he's just better. Yeah. Well, I'm, how long has this taken? <laughs> how long has this taken? I've just kind of surrendered in humility to this whole thing oh, of how wonderful you are. 877-795-0122. I don't know who it was that uh, sent in that question. Uh, they didn't want to go on the air, but uh, that's good. You can, you, can, you can send in your question any way you want, even if it's a question like that. But they did, you know, they did end that question with, you know, the importance of friendship. So, you know, our former bishop, um, Bishop Schnur, Archbishop Schnur, he used to call friendship divine accidents, which I, I like that. So a friendship is a divine accident and you don't know how you meet, might meet friends. And so, uh, it's God's will. And so we do have somebody on the air, which I think somebody that we both know. Jeremy from Dickinson, are you there? Well, yeah, well, from Mott, <laughs> not Dickinson, but yes. Jeremy, nice I, I I just got a yeah. text from you. Lo and behold, you're calling. Well, you told me to call in with it. So. Well, yeah, because don't text me. No, call in. <laughs> What's what your do question? You got? Give it to us. Seat, by the way. Oh. Well, uh, your... you guys were talking about kids at Mass, I, and I don't know if you guys had, um I don't know in the Diocese of Duluth if you guys do the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. Um, my wife knows a lot more about it than I do, but just my experience... Which is, is usually uh, the case, right, Jeremy? Okay, which, sorry, go ahead. What's that? Just that your wife knows more than you do. That's a good thing That's to, typical. to acknowledge, but go ahead, sorry. <laughs> That's in all things, but... Uh, so we have a five-year-old, a four... Or, yeah, five, four, and a two-year-old, and they all go to this uh, Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, and it's basically... Uh, it's a catechetical program of a sort that just teaches them about... Um, the faith in a very uh, childlike way, and uh, I have like so I don't know a lot of what goes on in the actual. It's called the atrium, but I see the fruit of it during mass, and it's like my kids know what the epiclesis is. They respond wow. to uh, things sometimes. I mean, they're not angels by any means, but uh, um, I don't know if if you guys have heard of it or if it's something that uh, other people have talked about, but. Is this something you do at home, or that's that's done in the parish? And if it's done in the parish, when do they do it? During mass, right, Jeremy? So my wife, they they no, they don't do it during mass. They do it before or right after mass. Oh, and we yeah. also, I mean, we practice some of it at home as well. But yeah, but it's it's well, more. Just, it's a Montessori. I don't know if you've heard of Montessori, but sure, it's sure. a Montessori way of uh, educating kids. But it it's done as it pertains to the faith, and so. They, they're well, very familiar with a lot of the parables and uh, scripture so and, and gestures during the liturgy. Now, that's a really good call in, Jeremy, because that, that could be a big help for a lot of um, both pastors and parishes and parish and um, and parents out there. So, good. Catechesis is a good shepherd. Check it out, folks. All right. Well, yeah. I think that... Thanks, Jeremy. Have a good day, brother. 
We, yep, we, you too. Yep. Okay. Thanks, Jeremy. Yep. Uh, we're at about the end of the segment. We have a really quick question, and uh, and Kathy's on the air. Kathy, we we've got just seconds. Are you there, Kathy? All right. Looks like we lost her. Anyhow, well, thank you very much for those who have uh, called in on the uh, um, uh, on the the phone calls, the opportunity to call in live. And after the break, we're going to be talking to Bishop Robert Gruce from the Diocese of Rapid City about God's love during the Easter season. So please join us after the break. <laughs> 